Hi, Love this is Talk Kelly Radio. Carter. Hi, this is Kelly Carter, and you're on The Missing Pieces. Today's show is Making Money Fun for Female Entrepreneurs, episode number four. Today, we are focusing on the wealth part in our health, wealth, and fulfillment categories. Today, we have Shannon uh, King. I forgot to ask you how you say your last name. She's a co-founder <laughs> of Heritage Financial Strategies. She has more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry and specializes in working with female entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders, as well as individuals experiencing life transitions such as marriage or divorce. Her main focus is helping others to take charge of their financial future. So please help me welcome Shanna today. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Can you tell us I really a little, appreciate it. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for asking. Um, a long time ago, and um, this was when I was in college, so it was a long, long time ago, I really started, um, I was in college to teach music. My, my um, desire was to teach secondary music ed, which is, was essentially middle school music, and I'm grateful I didn't do that now because I think I'd probably be either in a nut house or um, in prison. So um, just not, not wouldn't have been my, my cup of tea, but that's what I was um, in college for. And I was watching my folks go through kind of a weird um, career transition, both of them. And they both worked at jobs that they didn't really necessarily love or have any passion for, but they were paid well and had pension uh, you know, um, promises at the end of the rainbow. And so um, I started asking a lot of questions at that time about, because, you know, I'm in college trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and um, started asking a lot of questions about different options. And they didn't really know any different options. Um, both of my grandparents were depression era, um, you know, babies. And so their idea of investing was a CD at the bank. They were terrified of the market and sort of passed that fear off to my parents Um and so I really started asking myself, like, if, if, if that's the life that I wanted. And I knew that it wasn't, but I didn't know any alternatives. So I opened up the phone book and made an appointment with a financial advisor. And I went in, um, drove my jalopy that I was, um, you know, driving in college, that I was, you know, working five jobs to pay my way through. And uh, drove it in on fumes and sat down with the advisor, and I, and I literally just laid it out for him. And I said, listen, I don't know anything about this uh, stuff, but I want to learn, and I don't know where else to go. And uh, he kind of looked at me really strange as, as he, you know, as I'm sitting there staring at his marble and walnut uh, office with all the plaques around and, and uh, uh, awards on the walls and he kind of stopped, and then he set his pen down, and he reached across the desk and patted me on the head and said, don't worry, sweetheart, someday your husband will take care of this for you. And it was kind of at that moment that I had a choice to make. I could choose to do that, which was a lot of um, what a lot of my peers in, in high school did. They got married, and, and their husbands took care of the money, and they stayed home and raised the kids. Um, but I knew that really wasn't my life. So um, I started learning and, and I started reading and listening to radio programs and watching TV programs and really just learning about investing and, and um, the market and money and all of that jazz. And, and that's really where my whole career has been, honestly, is banking, real estate, mortgage, and now putting it all together 
as uh, as a financial planner, and uh, I absolutely love it. Would you say that guy actually was a driver in your life saying that? Don't worry, your husband will oh, take care of you. Absolutely. I actually tried to find him about three or four years ago to thank him for that moment. I mean, at that time, I was pissed. <laughs> Um, right. Like, who the believe. hell are you? Yeah. Right. I mean, I couldn't believe in like, it must have been 1993 or four, maybe. Um, I couldn't believe in the 90s that a man would still have that opinion of women. But um, I, I, I thank him today, because were it not for that moment, I don't know where I would be today, honestly. And um, I don't know how different my life would be. And, it, and that was definitely a turning point for me. We, we have those turning points in our life. And at the time, they seemed like something bad, but it was actually a motivator to propel you. So what, can you tell me some of your burning desires in your business? Like, what are your goals and, and what are yeah. you creating? Yeah, that's a great question. So I really, um, my, I started my business. I worked for a large, well-known financial company for years. And I started my business two years ago in April. So I'm still creating. And I feel like every month I'm creating, I'm reinventing the wheel. So that's an interesting question. But what I really am trying to create, and that's part of the reason why my tagline is that I make money fun. Um, I work with a lot of women and specifically female entrepreneurs who struggle around the whole money thing, whether it's making enough, um, uh, you know, helping uh, them figure out where it's going or, you know, what my strength really is, which is helping them figure out how to save money on taxes and save for retirement so that down the road they have a choice when they get, get to, um, you know, call it quits on, on w- working the business. And so I'm really trying to create that safe space for them to be able to come in and ask me any question, um, know that they're going to get an honest answer from me and, and that I'm not going to condescend to them or make them feel small when they don't know the answers to the questions that I'm asking. That, that really is kind of, um, Kelly, my, my goal is to be that soft place to land for them in that safe space. Yes, on your website, it says uh, your values are integrity, transparency, and fun. Would you like to expand <laughs> on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So I've done a lot of work around corporate and personal values. And, and, and for me, you know, I, I, my work is, is something I do, but it's also who I am. And so my personal values are, are definitely my corporate values. And I start with fun because um, I, I, like most people, have probably been in those jobs where you didn't want to get up and go to work. And um, it just was making you miserable. And I'm miserable when, I'm, when I don't love what I do. So I kind of start with that. Um, I bring only clients into my practice that I genuinely want to talk to and I want to work with and I would want to hang out with, you know, in a social situation if, if the opportunity would arise. So um, that's sort of my yardstick is that I have to like you and I have to feel like I can help you in order for me to bring you into my practice because there just really are so many hours in the day um, and I want to spend those hours doing something that I love. So that's kind of where the fun comes from. Um, and, and I've really over the years, told people that I'm kind of the anti-financial advisor, um, meaning that I, I explain things differently. I behave a little bit differently. You'll rarely see me in my office wearing a suit. Um, it's just not who I am. And so the, the honesty and integrity comes from that place. I think as an industry, my industry has done a terrible job of being straightforward and 
um, honest and transparent. Um, and I really set about a number of years ago to make sure that I, I, I didn't fall into that trap. And so um, that's sort of where those come from. I love that. I love it because you're doing like what I try to teach others to do is create a life they love. Create, there's no such thing as life work balance. It all is your life. So um, creating a life you love includes creating a business or work or whatever you do, even if it's work from home, it's creating that life. I'm sorry, creating that business or what you do around your life versus versus you trying to fit your life around that corporate world. And I just love Mm. that. Yeah. Um, Do you have any like really exciting or success stories that you'd like to share with us? Sure, sure. Well, um, you know, I've worked with um, I've worked with all kinds of clients from um, you know Fortune 100 level um, executives to um, you know ladies just getting ready to uh, take their business to the next level. Maybe maybe um, going from a, a hobby to a business. Um, and I have fun doing whatever it is that I do, but the the coolest parts of my business for me are when I really get to start to see the light bulb come on. Um, and I've had this happen a number of times with clients. Um, but w- one of the things that I, that I start with, especially for people that have never really invested on their own, maybe their husband always did this and now they're either divorced or separated or he's passed away, or they're just trying to get more involved in the conversation. Um, I've had those women come to me, and, and I spend a lot of time educating them on, you know, the different investment options and um, the different retirement plan options and really just talking to them from the place that I would want to be, um, you know, and, and have that conversation with somebody from. So the the coolest part for me is when I get that phone call, and it, it is inevitable. It's, it's usually within, you know, four to six months of starting to work with somebody where they'll say something to me like, Oh my God! I was at the treadmill at the on you know on the treadmill at the gym, and I heard X, and I understood what they were talking about. It's like the light bulb goes on. That kind of really cool moment, you know. Um, and that is why I do what I do. I mean, you know, getting people to the point where they can understand um, and feel comfortable investing in the market, and feel comfortable that they have enough money to retire, and be, feel comfortable that they'll be able to do what they want to do when that time comes is really what I do. But the light bulb moment is why I do it. They're starting to understand it. And they're also starting to see their money start to grow. That's always exciting. Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's a fun place to be. Isn't it? Yes. I love it. And um, do you, I, I love that you work with um, new hobbyists maybe, or changing people mm-hmm. changing from hobby to a business. Um, I think a lot more women are doing that where they're working from home and, and turning yep. a hobby into a business all the way up to Fortune 100 companies. And if you, if you had someone come to you that was looking at just starting in their new business, do mm-hmm. you have some tips for them? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I sure do. Um, well, the first thing that I always tell them is to treat it like a business, right? So make sure that you have um, separate checking accounts. Make sure that you're running separate balance sheets. I see too often, especially um, women are the worst at this, kind of commingling things, and then they never really know what 
what, if any, profit their business has until they do their taxes at the end of the year and go, holy crap, where did all that money go? Well, it got shuffled into the personal budget, which then gets spent on almost everything other than the business, and that's not helping the business grow. So you've really got to keep two different sets of books and keep a, a focus on how the business is doing, transferring money over, calling it a payroll if you want to call it that or whatever you want to call it for you know, the first year or so until you're really making 50000 60000 a year in that business. And then it's time to think about incorporating and you know, getting the right documentation in place and all of that fun stuff. Uh, because I see women too often work for three, four, five years. The business is very successful. They're paying self-employment taxes in addition to um, in addition to income taxes that they could have avoided had they incorporated the business. So those are kind of the first couple of things that I recommend folks look at that are getting to that point where the business is really starting to grow is to really just treat it like a business. I'm sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> We're still learning this thing, right? I just had a whole conversation with you. No, that's great. <laughs> Treat it like a business and have separate uh, checking accounts and balance, account, uh, balance sheets. And I've been doing that myself, or I had, where I didn't separate the checking account. And it's just a mess when you do that. So yeah. I think that's two pieces of great advice. And also knowing when to incorporate, that's, so confusing to new business owners, I believe. Oh, for sure. And, Have you, and I think they think it's way okay. more expensive than it really is. I mean, incorporating can be maybe $1,000, you know, to get the right paperwork in place, but it can save you thousands or tens of thousands of dollars a year to do that right. In taxes? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's crazy. See, yeah, I would have never known that because it's so scary. It seems like a big <laughs> thing to bite off. So to have someone like you that can take you through the process and kind of hold hands, that's, that's a big comfort for someone. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any financial horror stories, not necessarily that you just that you've seen? Oh, my. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I have too often. They come to me after the fact. Um, and sometimes it's just simply that they trusted the wrong person. Um, you know, they met somebody at, at church or at a uh, kid's soccer game who um, they got to know, didn't really do the right due diligence on them, and come to find out they weren't, they weren't, they either weren't licensed appropriately, or they just didn't have the knowledge to be able to help the way that they told the, the uh, client that they did. And so um, I will um, throw a, a plug out there for one of our industry websites that anybody can use to check out a financial professional. Um, too few people do this. And if they did this before they started working with one of us, it would save them a lot of a heartache. And that is to go to FINRA.org, F-I-N-R-A.org and click on broker check. And if you put in the name or the firm or the name and the firm, it's going to show you their entire regulatory history. If they've ever filed bankruptcy, if they've ever um, had any complaints filed against them, if they've ever settled any arbitration claims. Um, and those are just a good place to start to know if you're dealing with somebody that's above board and up and up. Um, and that's, those are, 
the the horror stories that break my heart is when somebody comes to me and has been uh, put in investments that are inappropriate for them or that are, um, you know, that have lost money because they didn't really understand what they were. Um, you know, I, I just see that happen far too often, um, honestly, and and that's another reason why I think my industry has a bad name. They, there are far too many of us out there that, that don't um, put the client's needs first and make sure that we're taking good care of them. So that was FINRA.org, F-I-N-R-A.org. Yeah, yep, you got it. And click on Broker Check, and that's going to give you uh, a way to search for any financial professional that's licensed, and it will tell you their entire life story. Awesome. Now, from the side of you being an entrepreneur, what are some things, if you had a tip to, not necessarily on the financial side, just the growing your Mm -hmm. business side, do you have any tips for a new entrepreneur out there that may, like, make their life easier or um, just something that's worked for you? uh, Yeah. Well, actually, let's go back to you saying you only accept clients you love to work with. Do you mind? Yeah. Not at all. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's the big, and and I didn't always do that. And every single time I've taken a client on that my gut told me not to, every single time, Kelly, I've been bitten in the butt by it. I I kid you not. It it always comes back to bite me. Um, And so I learned um, that, you know, I really had to just listen to that intuition. And as women, we don't do a good enough job listening to it. But that's the first tip that I'll give anybody that is starting a business, especially when you're starting a business, you really kind of default to taking anything that wants to work with you, that, that wants, anybody that wants to pay you, you'll, you, you'll say yes to them. Um, and that is the absolute worst place to come from um, because you'll end up spending more time and energy, far more time and energy than you make on those clients that aren't ideal clients for you. Um, and they'll make your life miserable in the process. So really develop a yardstick um, in your business that helps you understand who that client is for you. And even if they're not a perfect client, but you like them and you feel like you might be able to make them a perfect client, um, that would be okay. But don't accept those people that don't fit your core values um, and uh, want to work the way you want to work with just because it's a good paycheck because that will always, always, always be the wrong decision. Yeah, you'll end up making less, right? Because you're spending a lot more time on them. Oh, for real. I will tell you. And it makes your business miserable. Yes. I always tell my clients that if um, I don't accept any clients, that if the phone rang and I saw their name on caller ID, I wouldn't want to talk to them. If I want to press Mm -hmm. ignore when you call me, then you're not the right fit for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you have in place to screen them out or how, how do you keep from uh, taking on those clients in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, And a lot of it is just my initial um, conversation. So I have it. I offer an initial consultation with um, every, everyone. everyone. Um, it starts on the phone, and if we get along well and I think I can help you, then I'll bring you into my office. And it's as much for you to interview me as it is for me to interview you. Um, I ask a bunch of questions. Um, we talk about your history with investing, if you've ever worked with a financial professional before, um, you know, what your knowledge is about investing. And I am just really me in that conversation. And if it's uncomfortable, um, if it is uh, difficult, 
you know, in any way for me to get them to answer the questions I want them to answer. Um, if they're, you know, not being forthcoming with those answers, then that's, that's a pretty good cue that they're probably not the right fit for me. And I tell everybody in that interview, um, I'm not an acquired taste. If you like me now, great. But if you don't, it's not going to get better. You're not going to like me down the road, <laughs> you know. Um, I tell everybody that in my first interview. If we get along in that first conversation, then, that's, then that, that goes a long way towards us being able to be comfortable together. But if there's awkwardness and tension and weirdness in that first conversation, we're probably not a good fit to work together. And I'm very honest about that. I love that. What I'm hearing from you is just boundaries, right? You're setting the boundaries yeah. right away for both of you, and it makes for a much peace, more peaceful business transaction, much peaceful, more peaceful life. What do yeah. you do when someone's already a client and they become a non-ideal client? <laughs> that's a really great question. Um, that's a tough one for me. I have had to let clients go. And in my world, it's tougher than it is in a lot of businesses because there's a lot to unwind. Um, I try to have the conversation prior to that about boundaries. And sometimes it's very, very direct um, you know, saying to them, hey, listen, you know, I feel like um, the agreement that we had when we started to work together, I feel like you may have forgotten that, or maybe it's my fault. And a lot of times I take that on and I say, listen, I feel like I've let you get away with way too much here. And that's my fault. But moving forward, this is how it's going to look. Um, and I try that. And, and I really try to, to change the conversation that we have together before I fire a client. Um, but I have had to do that. And it's, it's never a fun conversation. But honestly, at that point, they're probably just as miserable as I am. And I will even go so far as to recommend other advisors that I feel like will be a better fit for them, because I know a lot of people in my industry, and we all work differently. And so if they can have a better, closer more um, appropriate relationship with somebody else. I want them to have that. I don't want them to just be flailing around out there on their own, but I'm obviously at that point, not the right person to, to, to help them achieve their financial goals. So, um, so it's tough, but it's necessary. Yeah, I love that. So prevention, prevention, prevention. So if you do it from the beginning and then you just remind them again, that seems to be mm -hmm. a huge fit for creating peace in your business. Yes, yes. And, they, and, and they know they can't get away with those behaviors anymore. You know, they know I've drawn the line. Yeah. So at first you're, you're using your intuition, and then you create a, a yardstick measurement of who uh, is your ideal client. And then when you talk to them and meet with them, you're setting the boundaries, it sounds like. Yep. And then yep. if it goes back to them not honoring those boundaries, then you uh, remind them. And then if, if they don't, continue, then you give them another option, which I love that you take it on yourself or say, you know, maybe I didn't explain it well. I think that helps yeah. create less contention. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Do you, that's great. I so appreciate you coming on. I think you've given us some really great information. I know you said you offer a free consultation. How do people schedule that or get a hold of you to yeah, see if that's sure. something they'd like to do? Yeah. Yeah, you can do it all from my website. So if you go to heritagefinancialaz.com, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little button that says schedule a consultation. And 
it's going to ask you a few questions, and then it's going to take you right to my calendar to be able to schedule that. Um, and that's just a really good way to get started. Um, and by the way, on my website, there's all kinds of information. There's information on investing and financial planning, and my fees are clearly laid out right there so you know what to expect cost-wise, um, and just all kinds of other great resources. So uh, feel free to poke around on the website as well. But the schedule a consultation button on the, on the homepage is where most folks will start. Okay, and can you say your website one more time? Sure. It's heritagefinancialaz.com. Perfect. I think that's great. They can go and have a lot of tools at their fingertips. They can schedule a free consult to see if you are someone they'd like to work with and vice versa. Mm -hmm. I know yep. you have a big event coming up. Would you like to talk about that a little bit, the Connect Inspire Go? I would love Go? to. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, my business partner, um, Becky Chaluka, who is an estate planning attorney in, in town, and I were kind of, um, lamenting that we, there was a really cool uh, women's conference in downtown Phoenix that we wanted to go to. But heck, we live in Gilbert, and that's a, quite a haul. So we were kind of lamenting that all the cool stuff is in Phoenix and Scottsdale. And there, none of the cool stuff was out in the East Valley. So what do we do as entrepreneurs? We created one. Um, so last year was our first event. This year is our second event. It's going to be huge. It's going to be much bigger than last year's event. It is um, the last Wednesday of September um, at the Higley Center for the Performing Arts. We've got phenomenal speakers coming in from all over the country. Um, we have uh, Vanessa Shaw headlining. We have the mayor of Gilbert will be there as well. Um, and so it's just going to really be a great time. And we have a couple of days left of early bird tickets. So go to connectinspirego.com um, and it will um, – you'll be able to, to pick up a, a ticket for 25 bucks off through the end of this month. So um, it is just going to be a really great time to get connected to other entrepreneurs, get inspired by these fabulous speakers, and then get some practical tools to jump right into your business and make it even better next year than it was this year. So Shanna, I don't know that I met you at that last year, but this is how we came into the same world, is me going to the Connection Fire Go. Well, and I, I, um, I don't that know that I met you there, but I – yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we might have because uh, um, um, Josie was working for you. And so yeah. Josie invited yeah. me, which I was so thankful for. And uh, Vanessa Shaw is now both of our business coaches. So we'll <laughs> give her a little props there. And I just loved yeah. it. And then I went to her event, and that's kind of how we kind of came in the same world. Also, know, last year when I, was sitting, yeah, when I was sitting there, I was thinking, I'm going to be speaking here next year. And guess what? I'm one oh. of the speakers in the Inspire section. <laughs> yes, you are. We're super excited about so, that. We have some wonderful folks that are going to be speaking this year, and you're one of them. Yay, I'm so excited. Um, and then, so to work with you, they just go to your website, do that uh, consultation. Uh, you're in Gilbert, Arizona. Is that correct? I am. I am, but I'm licensed and you in only seven can... states. So. Oh, okay. Do you want to list what states? Oh my gosh, you're going to put me on the spot here. I can think of both oh, no, that's of them. Okay. Arizona. They can find it on your Arizona. website. Arizona. Yeah, it is on my website. Um, California, Arizona, ne Nevada, um, uh, Colorado, and those are the big ones that are that are close by. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I. Um, that's okay. <laughs> I. I just wanted to make sure whoever could work with you could contact you. We can also put that sure. in the comments um, afterwards. I'll. 
I mean, I'll find out and put it in the description of the episode. Sure. Well, did you have any other uh, last pieces of, or tips, anything else you wanted to say today that I didn't question you on? No, no, I I appreciate you having me on. It's been so much fun and uh, um, just go out there and create a life that you love and, and the rest will take care of itself. That's kind of been my motto all along. Yep, and at the wel- at the missing pieces, we focus on health, wealth, and fulfillment, and today's been on wealth, and our tagline is creating a life that you love. I appreciate your time today, and I'm so happy that you were able to give our listeners this great conversation, and um, we'll see you next time on the missing pieces. Thank you, Shanna. Thank you.